What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Blowing the Doors Off. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Morris. I'm with my brother again, Andrew Sherwin. What's going on, dude? I tell you what, weather's still weird down here in not-so-sunny Fayetteville, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, this is a, a first big step for, for the podcast, what we got this week. Yeah, so uh, fellow podcaster, personal friend, uh, and brand-new dad... Brandon Crowd of Lap Traffic is going to grace us with his presence today. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Brandon? How's it going? Ah, uh, man, I am. I'm good. Um, trying to get a handle on things and uh, and and do a real job, do a podcast, and uh, be a dad to a exactly three week old newborn today. So you know. We're, we're we're not burning the candle at both ends by any stretch. <laughs> That's awesome. You haven't uh, you haven't gone broke yet betting on basketball already, have you? <laughs> Dude, I gotta tell you, it's funny. I, I got, you know, the preview to the Big Ten tournament, which kicks off tonight, and I have I've I've not had a good stretch since like conference championship weekend for football. It's like I'm either missing things by the hook. Or I am like the exact opposite of what I think is going to happen. Um, I, I'm with college basketball. I'm a big overs guy uh, for either team totals, first half totals, game totals. And like, I just keep missing them by like a point, two points. Like it is just pissing me off <laughs> to I, no end. I went on a, a streak there um, starting with the Super Bowl. Uh, went on a streak, went up a pretty good look of money. Uh, won some more uh, piggybacking off of the of that winnings on some NBA, and then I just got it broke off inside me the last couple weeks. So <laughs> it has not been well for me. I'm almost scared to bet on college this week, so I might take yeah. that slow. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm I'm I am probably going to skip the Big Ten tournament just because it it is. I mean. It, it, Michigan sucks. Michigan State sucks. Uh, Purdue's pretty good. Iowa's okay. But I'm just going to wait for the dance and, and try to just back my way into some overs on some 1 and 16 seeds and 2 and 15 seeds and see if we can't, uh, you know, retrain ourselves here and, and, you know, take some maybe minus 145, 150s, buy them down a little bit and see what happens. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's let's get talking a little uh, little podcasting here. Uh, you know, you ha- you've had a, a, a NASCAR podcast for how long now? Uh, this is the sixth year. Sixth year, and, and sixth year. And it's awesome to keep up with you. You know, a uh, little little backstory here. Um, I had never listened to a podcast ever, like ever. And one day at work, I was sick of listening to the same old music every single day, and I clicked on the podcast app on my phone and kind of sitting there like what i want to try i've never listened to a podcast before so the daytona 500 was getting ready to come up i was in nascar mode i typed in nascar podcast you one your show was one of the first to pop up so i listened to your show your show was the first ever podcast i ever listened to period that is so cool what uh 
What, what do you know what who was on or, or when i don't was? remember it was such it, no. <laughs> it, it's been a while back i'd have to almost yeah. go back and look but uh it kind of got me hooked on podcasts and then you know from listening to your show i found sure one and in the show that he used to do and and i i fell in love with podcasts after that and, you know now i not only have this show but i do also do a, a hunting show and i'm almost addicting to podcasting <laughs> well it, it's funny you say that because you know and i think what What's awesome for you guys, like you said, you know, you got your hunting one, so you've gotten your feet wet there. Sherwin at almost 300 episodes on his old show and countless appearances on lap traffic. Like, you know, you guys are, you don't have to get your feet wet from the podcasting side of things and the bouncing back and forth off each other. You know, you guys just got to finesse what you guys want to do on your show. You guys know how to podcast, which is, which is awesome. And, and will hopefully, help you guys, you know, pick up steam and traction a lot further. Sherwin knows how to social media his ass off, uh, <laughs> you know. So it's it's just one of those things that because you guys have already done this with two different things, it, it's just mixing you guys together. And I think it should be fantastic for you guys. Absolutely. And, and you know, my hunting thing is its own thing. And, you know, his show before was its own thing. And you know, we talked before we even did this. We're like, we want to do it, you know, on our own terms. You know what I mean? We want to come together and put together a show that we think people would like. You know, you know, you got me, the goofy redneck. And then, you know, sure, when he's such a, a you got smart you know, analytics on everything. I think it's kind of a cool combination put together. Well, I agree. And I think, and this is just me spitballing here. I think you guys need to do this show every once in a while as your alter egos or whatever it was <laughs> like you guys need, and you got to, maybe that should be your first YouTube uh, one that you post like the wigs, everything. And you got to play those to a T. <laughs> I think that might get us in tr trouble. Sir. <laughs> so, I, I, I think I remember uh, what Brett's was, but we were having a hard time uh, remembering what mine was. So you may have to help us with you were, that. Uh, Daryl Sweetwater the third. That's say, it. I just remember Sweetwater. <laughs> That's, That's what right. I remember. Oh my god, that is awesome. Yes, I'll take you up on that, Brandon. That's happening. Uh, <laughs> and and I'll uh, moderate it. I'll moderate it. <laughs> well, I, we, you were like uh, B. Wayne Wooderson or something. Yeah, T. Wayne Wooderson. T. Wayne Wooderson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good stuff. Oh man, I love it. I love it. So what? What made you start a NASCAR podcast six years ago? You know, so it's a couple things. Um, it was one of those, man. I love this, and and I'll be honest. For me, uh, a good chunk of it was all right. Went to races intermittently in my early 20s, you know, really developed my fandom was growing in the sport. Then it was, you know, buying, you know, great seats at the track, then it was okay, getting pit road, then it was getting to meet some people that got turned into a cold pass that turned into a hot pass. And it was like, every time I started doing more and more, and, and teasing myself with more and more access, I'm like, I want more stuff. And it was like, you know, I did the autograph thing and built up an, an incredible collection because that's what I love. And it was like, I need some, I, what's the next thing? I got to do something else. And it was like, you know, I wonder if I were to do a podcast, 
you know, could I get somebody ever on the show at some point in time? And that itch is what led to a connection with MIS and them getting to to know what we do and and kind of just going from there. And it's turned into six years of, you know, this, I'll call it a little mini cult following because if you're listening to an amateur-based NASCAR podcast, you've got some type of, you know, whether it's like, you know, some of the movie cult followings and stuff like that, like, you know, I just put my twist on it, have, have built the following, you know, just like you guys have with, with your own show. And it's, it's just become kind of its own thing. I've always loved radio. Uh, I used to hang out with some of the local uh, DJs that did some of the pop radio back when I was growing up in high school and, and in my 20s. Uh, and always kind of thought that that could have been an outlet for me, but never went to broadcasting school, never did anything like that. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm a go big or go home kind of person. So it was, all right, we're going to have a website. We're going to have a store. We're going to have, you know, uh, logos, you know, we're, if I'm going to do it, I'm going hard to make it to where somebody that maybe listens for their first time. I want to, I want to challenge them to go, is this guy getting paid to do this or is this his hobby? I mean, that's my goal. I want somebody to think it's that good to where they question. And I've had so many people have said that it's a great, you know, all that where it just, that just keeps feeding the passion to keep wanting to do it. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 you know, do you, do you remember the, the first ever like guest that you had on? The Orange Cone, episode orange 10. Cone. I can only imagine what that entailed. With him. I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think back then he still had me blocked. Right. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't no uh, Utah standoff situation or anything. I mean, that's where, it, that's where it went with him, you know, like after developing that friendship, you know, between both shows, you know, that's, that's, I mean, Cone is just, he's a, He's, he is so animated and so passionate and just wants to have a good time. You know, he don't care what comes out of his mouth, uh, you know, with the right people around. And, and it's, it's just a damn good time. And, and, and I get what you, what you mean by the, the challenge of that. And, and like, um, especially with my other show, because I have uh, guests every week, we haven't had any guests until now on here, but it, it seems like every time um, I, I put an episode together and I go upstairs to start editing and stuff after I recorded. And I always say to the wife, that's the best episode I've ever put together. You know, I just try to challenge myself each week to make that better. And, and Absolutely. It, it shows that, that it pays off sometimes when you, when you see those numbers come out and you're like, Hey, these people are actually, you know, listening to this and, and all yeah. that sort of thing. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it, if for me, you know, and the, the thing is, and I even have to tell myself this, and I know Sharon and I have had conversations over the last six years about this too. And it's like not getting frustrated about things like, you know, there, you're going to have those shows that just hit for whatever reason, because enough people retweeted it and it came across the timeline and maybe somebody clicked to listen. And you're going to think, how the hell did I have X number of downloads this week? put out the same quality show the next week and it's not even anywhere near that number or you know how in the hell is it taking me you know six months to pick up 300 followers to hit six thousand to give away a 124 die cast in a piece of sheet metal you're like you know i'm 
stuff people would go crazy for, but it's just a matter of the right things hitting at the right time and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And for me, it's just like, man, I, I get mad sometimes, but on the same token, it's like, why I've got a following I've getting guests like, you know, it's not like the show's trending downward or anything like that. And it, it's for me, it's, but it, like, you know, like with, you, you know, you said, you know, it's just a matter of not, you know, always wanting to continue to do better and, and to, you know, challenge yourself to see what the next step is and, and where can you take it to. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, and, and we, we talked about that too, me and Sherwin, like when we started doing this, like what's the best day for us to put this together and get it out there? And we, we didn't want to interfere with shows that we personally even listen to, like yours or the Teardown or Door Bumper Clear or something like that. We didn't want to interfere with anything like that. So we, we decided later on in the week, everybody has already listened to the, all the other shows that have came out recapping race weekend and previewing the next and we thought later in the week fit us perfect sure you know one, that was one of the things that i learned myself too uh, and, and for me it's it's like as long as you're consistent you know i started early on uh you know doing a lot of recaps if you will reading down you know finishes and standings no one's listening to my show for a recap on the rundown they're either getting that on race hub on tv they're going to jay ski they're getting it from bob pockers you know they're getting it from those outlets if anybody's listening to mine it's because someone actually cares what i have and my opinion is on a situation so yeah if i'm going to talk about standings or, or finishes it's not just gonna i i've gotten away from just reading down the, the list and it's either adding thought to what happened with that last year or this, you know, projections and things of that nature and knowing who's coming and listening to your show and why is, is really something that I, I think I've kind of picked up on over the last couple of years. Um, you know, and it, it's shown with, with numbers and things like that. And again, it's just knowing who's listening to you and, and tailoring to, to that. Absolutely. So let us let us in. What's uh, what's going on on lap traffic this week? Um, so this week I actually didn't do a show. Um, one, because I knew I was coming on here and thought, all right, that'll work. Two, um, you know, pre-baby, it was no big deal to sit down in the basement and do two shows. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, he's three weeks old and I did two shows, you know, last week and the week before. And uh, wanted to be able to give Lindsay a little bit of a break in terms of prep time on the show, recording the show and all that, and knowing that this wouldn't be, you know, even if it's 90 minutes, that's it. it I, there's no prep work for this one tonight, which is awesome. Um, you know, but next week, uh, I'm excited because uh, I've got Grant Enfinger lined up to come on the show. I love Grant. His, uh, he's become a, uh, a good friend of the show over the years. Um uh, he was one of the first people that I interviewed in person at MIS and came back the following year, passed him in the garage, and he said, hey, Brandon, to me, not I didn't see him first. And I was like, you know, that just stuck with me. as Like he actually paid attention to who he was talking to at that time, made a facial connection, and, you know, a year later – you know, he, he maybe saw my shirt fine, but, but, to, you know, recognize the name. 
Uh, and, and to me, that that just meant the world to me because uh, they do so many interviews, you know, week in, week out. And, and to to remember me a year later, um, you know, that that really hit for me. Uh, so I love Grant. Uh, I text him after wins and he's responded back kind of thing, which is awesome, you know. So uh, I'm really excited to have Grant, Grant on the show. Everyone knows I love the trucks. I think a lot of the listeners love the truck series, so I'm pretty excited about that next week. Well, let, let's let's jump into it. Let's jump into some truck series. Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Chandler Smith gets the win. Did you get to check out the truck race this week, Sherwin? Uh, just a little bit of it. I got you. Well, what about you, Brandon? What do you think about the trucks this, this far in the season? You know, so I really liked – I love when Kyle Busch is in the truck race and he doesn't win. Um, and not because I don't want him to win, but I truly believe anybody that wins a race that Kyle Busch is in in the truck series, I feel like that win means that much more for that race weekend. You know, So the fact that Kyle Busch was out there uh, running top 10 all race, was competing for the win, uh, one of his drivers beat him. Um, you know, I, I think that just speaks even more volumes to the capability to hold off, you know, one Kyle Bush and two your boss uh, for a race win. I, I think that that speaks testaments to to him. Anyone else that's done that? You know, it was a rough day for lap traffic fantasy players because yeah, everybody banks on John Hunter Nemechek. And, uh, you know, so if you went outside the box, you know, it probably paid off for you this week, but, uh, uh it, it probably did pay off for me. I took Ryan priest, uh, ooh, in your, yeah. in lap traffic, but I got totally boned on the Ryan Blaney pick. So it, it probably I, evened itself out for me. <laughs> well, so, and I had, I had John Hunter and I had Joey Logano who had like, you know, I, I thought for sure. And I know we'll get into the cup, but you know, I figured Penske was going to have a lights out day at Las Vegas. And, um, you know, not, not so much, you know, and then I, I did well with Noah Gregson. I think I had him in Xfinity and that paid off, but yeah, you know, it was a whole hum day for me last week. <laughs> yeah. I know you're a big, uh, a big truck series guy like me. I, I almost look forward to truck races the most. Like we've talked on here before it's Friday night. You just got off work. You get home, you get some, some alcoholic beverages in you or hanging out with some buddies. It's not that long of a race. So it kind of ignites your weekend a little bit, but uh, who do you think is going to come out to be a front runner in this series of this year? Sure. So just to piggyback off what you just said, like, you know, a nine o'clock truck race is perfect on a Friday night. You can, you know, decompress from getting home from work, do the dinner thing, do the date thing, you know, whatever the situation is, you can kind of back your way in to be in there for the truck race. And it's still not that late. That's what I tell everybody. And, and I absolutely love it. Um, you know, when, when I look at the truck series this year, you know, we've had some changes in teams, you know, GMS uh, went from a four truck team down to a two truck team with Grand Enfinger being the, the, the main uh, veteran there, uh, you know, Thor sports, Thor, I, I don't know what we're getting out of Thor. You know, what, what we've gotten the last couple of years, you know, Ben Rhodes went in the first race and last race in the championship last year, who would have saw that, you know, like that was not on my radar at all. Not that mine's the end all be all, but that's not what I thought was going to come down to that race. Um, 
you know what what's Matt Crafton got? Does he've got does he have one last run in him? You know, we've been talking about Johnny Sauter for years. Like the, he just dropped off the face of the earth. It don't matter if it's a new year, new truck, new track, whatever. Johnny Sauter cannot get anything going for him. And, you know, we look at some of the younger guys out there. I'm really curious to see what Tyler Ankrum can do, uh, you know, going from GMS over to the single car team of Hattori Racing. Uh, I, I know that organization really well because uh, Austin Hill's been on the show a lot of times. I've got a really good uh, connection with their PR rep over there, and they put so much behind that team. You know, I'm really curious to see if Tyler Ankrum's going to be able to up his game. Um, you know, everyone's eyes are on Matt DiBenedetto uh, and, and seeing what he can do. He needs to go out and get multiple wins. Uh, you know, top five, top ten finish this past weekend, I think, at Las Vegas. You know, Daytona's Daytona. We all know that that's a crap shoot. You know, so really we've only got one race under our belts as far as I'm concerned, you know, so – uh, I'm curious to see what some of these guys are going to be able to go out there and do. Obviously, KBM is going to have, you know, something to say about this thing. And it's just a matter for me. It's always a matter of who can step up and take advantage of the opportunity because you've got 10 teams that make the, the playoffs in the truck series and you really only have about 15 full time teams. You know, so the odds of getting in the playoffs are pretty well if you just show up to the track every week. And then it's a matter of taking advantage of that once the playoffs start. Absolutely. You know, we, we saw it again uh, this past weekend. You know, you go from somebody winning a truck championship like uh, Ben Rhodes, uh, you know, not really having a primary sponsor on his truck, kind of like we saw with uh, Brett Moffat last year. Right. You know, you, you've, you've had these instances, you know, and the year before that, you know, I think it was uh, Ross Chastain with Nice Motorsport. You know, they ran a lot of unfunded uh, races and were getting the victory lane and, and were a championship contending team and still couldn't pick up sponsorships. You know, it's 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 ab absolutely crazy, you know, where that pickup is as far as the connection between sponsor, driver and, and wanting to get involved uh, with an organization or the sport. Yeah. Well, we saw a little bit of a scary moment there at the end of the truck race. Hard hit for or Spencer Boyd. It looked like he, uh, the news I saw, he broke his collarbone. So uh, that didn't didn't look like a very fun place to be. <laughs> no, no. And, and speaking of unfortunate incidences with the truck race, how about that DGR hauler? Ooh, like, yeah. what a uh, just horrible situation there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thoughts and prayers definitely go out to them. Um, Xfinity, Ty Gibbs wins another one. Sure one. Did you did you see the Ty Gibbs win coming? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that was pretty predictable the way he was coming through the crowd. Yeah, you know, uh, Gibbs. You know, we heard it. You know, we got kicked off on Xfinity. I don't remember exactly how many laps we got into that, and then you see snow in Las Vegas, which I thought was absolutely wild. You know, but then they get out of the truck or get out of the cars and. Gibbs and Ryan Sieg had a little bit of a run-in. Uh, what's your guys' thought on, on the run-in? How it started anyways and what really played out in the whole thing? Go ahead, Sean. Well, uh, I think what we saw there is typical Ty Gibbs. Um, the maturity aspect is not just being a good interviewee 
and uh, being good to your sponsor. It's also understanding how not to race somebody and, and particularly that time of race and that, in that position. So he put Sieg who was already in a bad position in a worse position and then he didn't really care. And that, <laughs> as you might would imagine, would rub somebody like Ryan Sieg, who runs his whole deal. That's a Sieg operation. That's his family's business. Uh, yeah, so uh, he was pissed. <laughs> yeah, but the the comment that I was kind of, um, you know, stuck on the whole time that they were, you know, after – they had the scuffle or whatever, not really a scuffle, but a conversation on pit road and they start interviewing them. I kept getting stuck on Ryan Sieg saying, well, he's got the best car out here. He's got the best car out here. Anybody can win in this car. You know, he kind of just throwing that out there, you know? Yeah. He, he probably does have the best car out there, but you still have to put yourself in a position to win a race, whether you have the best car or not, you can have the best car out there, you know, and be the worst driver on the track, but the kid still finds himself in victory lane. Is he rubbing some people the wrong way along the way? Absolutely. You know, Sieg tries to come up the track, wash him out after the conversation's already been had on on the thing, takes two people out with him, takes Moffat and Sheldon Creed out with him, and I was thinking, what a dick, you know? Like, you done had it out. Can't you just talk to him when it's over? If you want to punch him in the face, punch him in the face, but you took out two innocent people on the track. I don't know. It, it, the, conver- the his comments on that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, could Ryan Sieg win if he would, if he drove the fifty four? You think he could put it in victory lane? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I get it. But, I get you it. know. You know. Kyle Busch typically has the best truck out there. He don't win every time he's in the truck. Right. We saw it this past weekend. You know. You have to. T- like I said. You know. You got to take advantage of the opportunity. You know, and if, if you're, it's, it's having the patience, which I have no idea, never been behind the wheel of a race car, you know, and so I can only imagine uh, what adrenaline is like, heat of the moment, sitting inside going 180 plus miles an hour, whatever the case may be, you know, Ty Gibbs is going to have people talk about him because of his situation and the, who he knows. You know, Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon are products of that exact same thing. And for me, it's like, yeah, you know what? Could you win in that car? Probably you could. Uh, but it's it's making what you can out of the situation that you have. And it's getting the best finish that you can with what you have. And it's respecting everyone else around you in that same situation and not taking out two other drivers in that instance, you know. Like you said, you know, go punch him in the face afterwards if you want. <laughs> you know, Ryan Sieg, I think, would have got more respect out of other people in the garage. Not that he cares about the respect or, or anything like that necessarily. But, you know, the fact that he didn't do himself any favors by then going and being a little careless on the track. You know, it's it's a matter of you got, you know, that didn't help your finish. That didn't help your, you know. Uh, overall point standings, that's not going to help you get another sponsor to bring in more resources for your organization and your team and, and all of that, you know? So, and, and the thing is, is it's, you know, Ty Gibbs hasn't backed his way. And I, I hate to say back this way. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I thought about that. That came out, you know, Ty Gibbs has gone out there and he's dominated races and he's won races. He's come from, you know, he he's moved through the field. So, yeah, does he have good equipment? Sure. But he's not the only guy out there with good equipment. 
So there are other people that are out there and can compete with him and he's still getting a victory lane. So the kid obviously has some skill to be able to go out there and do what he's done multiple times, part-time last year too. Like for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, all right, if you're not in the car week in, week out, it's real easy to get some ring rust and, and to be able to go out there and do what he did last year. That was freaking impressive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think he's got the skill uh, to win a lot of races and, and move up to the next level, you know, potentially. But uh, he he definitely needs to watch his on track action and uh, play his play a little safer sometimes. I think he's young too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, but he's he's I think too he's young. You know, and everybody out there has you know caused a wreck and everyone's been a young driver in one of the top three series and you know if he makes that i I would almost guarantee you know two three years from now he's not making that move or that mistake you know and and so i think that's just a product of age too in that you know seeing just how much he can get away with and it'll take one time to where he's maybe leading or, or you know able to go out there and win a race and lose one and and that might you know put that situation in check going forward absolutely for sure well let's uh, let's talk some cup uh alex bowman backs himself into a win <laughs> at las vegas somebody um, buried the lead <laughs> yeah. um you know did, did you see this playing out like this did you see you know as the race played out did you see bowman potentially getting the win sure one uh, only because it is Bowman. It is the end of the race. They tried an, an off schedule strategy and he started on the front row. I, he might be the best restarter in that situation in, in all of NASCAR. Yeah. The, the, the two tire stop was very bold. And when, when they did it, you know, the entire Hendrick team did it. I was thinking, Oh wow, you're about to get smoked on this restart. They stayed out. They got a good I think Kyle even pushed Bowman uh, on the start of that. Uh, but for them to take two tires and stay out there, I mean, they only needed three laps or whatever it was. But, you know, he beats Kyle Larson on the bottom, and Larson had been pretty tough all race no matter really where he was at. I honestly thought Larson was probably going to wrap it up when they were coming to the uh, the green flag there at the end. So yeah. I, I would – my thing with that is is, is kind of twofold. Everyone may be a little pissed that he took two tires and it paid off. But what that did, in my opinion, was was everybody made note of that. And guess what's probably going to happen, you know, if that same type of situation happens at Michigan, at Kansas, wherever the place may be. You know, and I find that really interesting because a couple weeks ago I had uh, Brian uh, Halan on who was Joe Gibbs Racing's pit coach. And I asked him you know, with the new tires and the single lug nut, like what's the point of doing two tire stops? And he goes, there'll there'll still be a situation to where that will make sense. We may see it a lot less than what we used to just because of the amount of time we can change four tires in and because the amount of gas we may need. How can you fault the 48 team for taking the gamble and getting the payoff? Because if it doesn't pay off, is anyone bitching about the fact, oh, they did this and it didn't work? No. 
So you have to give props to where props are due, and people are just pissed that it didn't work for them, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, and after after Bowman he takes the checkered, you know, you have Kyle Busch go on this incredible rant. I'm not going to repeat it today <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, talking about Bowman backing into a win and, you know, all, all this and that, and then actually being interviewed. I don't know if it was TV or radio or what on pit road saying – uh, some stuff about the parts for the cars. They get them at Walmart kind of thing. Uh, what do you think about those <laughs> comments, Sherwin? <laughs> that is Kyle Bush to a T. Uh, and that's why behind closed doors, NASCAR privately loves that guy. <laughs> because he know they know he's going to stir it up and it'll settle down with him. You know, you always see, you know, and, and maybe it's the, the Vegas thing. Maybe it's his home track. You know, he can't quite get it done there, you know, to get that win and everything. You know, he, he I'm sure it would be mean something to him if he pulled it off at, at Vegas. And I don't know. He, it's just Kyle Busch being Kyle Busch, I guess. Um, you know, more trouble for, for Denny Hamlin. Um, you know, he seems to be breaking things or being in the, uh, the wrong place at the wrong time. Do uh, you think he, he gets off this trend, Brandon? More than likely. Um, but what I like about it is not necessarily against him. Uh, but, you know, we had, you know, Denny Hamlin. We had Ryan Blaney. Every week we've had a couple big names that have kind of had some issues, right? I, and I say every week, granted, we're only three, week, three weeks in. But what I love is, is we've got some guys that are running up front that maybe we didn't think we're going to. You look at Daniel Suarez last week. Uh, you look at Ross Chastain this week. Um, you know, Austin Dillon has is, is been up there as, as well. Um, you know, and that's, that's the fun thing to watch because, you know, are these guys going to go out there and maybe steal one? It could have happened. You know, it, it, Daniel Suarez was, was really close. Um, you know, and for, for me, that just adds to the excitement that I love to talk about and see each year is, you know, how long can the new driver win streak continue each week and how close can we get to 17 winners? And, you know, so, I mean, to me, I love watching that storyline throughout each season and, you know, hey, who knows, you know, if, you know, let's, let's, I mean, we can what if things to death, but let's say another caution were to come out. You know, and now Bowman can't hold off Kyle Larson on a second restart. You know, now you got Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain. You know, who knows what could have happened in that situation? And maybe we are talking about Ross Chastain picking up a win, you know? So it's it's those types of situations that I just love to have fun with. Absolutely. And, and, and I thought I had this in my notes and I thought it was funny, and you'll probably think it's funny too, but is Chevy back? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff Striegel was almost not wanting to come back on the show anymore because like, is Chevy back, Jeff? Is Chevy back? <laughs> yes, I think Chevy is a hundred percent back, and now it's a matter of is is when is Ford going to be back? I think that's that's the question where we're at now is when's Ford going to pick it up? And you know, I you know Roush is, is going to be Roush, you know, Brad Keselowski is going to do great things for that organization. And that's going to be a process. You know, the, the more important thing is from a Ford perspective camp is SHR. Uh, and, and what is it going to take for that organization? And, 
you know, obviously you look at, at the veteran and Kevin Harvick and, you know, winless last year, it's the first time since uh, 2009 that he didn't pick up at least one win in a season. And, you know, he's, he's obviously on the tail end of his career. He's got a contract in the next year. And you, you got to hope he wants to come back next year and that they can get a handle on this so that he can help be that, you know, quarterback coach to the young guy coming up on the bench. Uh, because if not, that organization is in some serious trouble as well as Ford if they can't, you know, piece these things together here. Yeah. If you had to pick a, a driver from SHR who you thought would would be the first one to pick up one of these wins, who you think it's going to be? I mean, man, you know, it just depends. We've seen Eric Almirola do some damage at, at the super speedways. You know, Talladega's not too far behind. Um, you know, we, we've seen Briscoe do very well at road courses, um, you know, in, in the Xfinity series. You know, so, you know, to, if one of those two guys could reel in one of those. But again, it's crazy to think. I mean, last year we had SHR in victory lane and it wasn't Kevin Harvick. You know, so I'm not going to be surprised if, you know, if SHR does get back to victory lane and it's not Harvick again up front initially. You know, I, I, you know, would think Atlanta would be his bread and butter, but with the the repave and the reconfiguration of that track, the new car, who knows? I mean, the fact that these teams, these superpower teams are bringing one backup car for an organization of four cars, like, that is just mind-boggling to me, and a scary situation if you get two of them that put it in the wall in practice or qualifying. Yeah, and, and you you saw that with Kyle Busch, he backed it into the wall in practice. They bring the the spare car out, the parts car as they were calling it. You know, it's got a Hamlin name on the back windshield, and, and he goes out there, spins spins early in the race, uh, gets himself back together. You know, makes a great run, leads some laps there at the end. Uh, how do you think that they pulled that off, Sherwin? Well, um, <clears throat> you know, he uh, they were talking about it on the broadcast about he just he's got some kind of sixth sense for keeping the car underneath him. So the number one thing was to not destroy the car. Uh, once you take care of the car, um, you know, he was already fast. It's just a matter of getting fast enough yeah well and and i think too I, we we saw it um we, we we've seen it the last two weeks uh california and vegas uh these new cars the the composite body they can take a little bit of a beating you know we, we've seen a couple cars larson you know we've seen them kiss the wall and not lose too much momentum from underneath them uh you know tires are staying intact which I love. I love the fact that they can go out there, get a little aggressive, and whether it's with, you know, touching doors or touching walls and, and being able to go out there and race. And I love the fact that, we, I mean, how both uh, Las Vegas and Fontana, we've seen guys go out there and spin. Uh, you know, you're coming out and doing a single car spin out of turn four. That's because the driver jacked up, in my opinion. You know, and that means the driver's got to drive the race car finally. And I love that aspect of this new car that the driver has some control other than just, you know, full throttle and, and the car driving itself. The drivers have to drive the cars 
which is going to make a it's going to make for a much more exciting season at your mile and a half and two mile racetracks. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Let's let's talk some Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix. How do you think this new car is going to handle at Phoenix? You know, with the diffuser and they they like to cut the bottom there at the start finish line and into turn one and all that. How do you think that transitions into into Phoenix, Sherwin? Well, I was going to say whatever the opposite of what the roar is during the front end of the week is what will happen. I only heard one opinion that that from a driver say that they might be a little bit leery about doing that, which means they'll probably be doing it like a bat out of hell. <laughs> probably. They'll probably have the, the bottom half of the race cars ripped off by Saturday afternoon, probably. Yeah, and and – you know, if the if all that we've seen from the testing is any proof, we'll, they'll probably be downshifting into what is now three and four to get an even better jump off of four. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we saw um, some people dominate. You know, I'm, I'm going to take Daytona off this list. That's It's not what I'm talking about because it doesn't compare. So you have, you know, California and Vegas. You had a couple people dominate, you know, a lot of people, the same people led a lot of laps in those races. Who do you think steps up this weekend and, and becomes the car to beat, Brandon? Well, that's, a th- you know, it's, it's how much, how much, uh, how much faith could you put into, to, you know, prior years with, with this new car, right? You know, if it's pre Phoenix repave, we're talking Kevin Harvick. If it's post Phoenix repave and reconfiguration, you know, we're, we're talking Martin Truex Jr. We're talking Denny Hamlin. Uh, we're talking Kyle Larson, you know. And so for me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Kyle Larson and I'm looking at Martin Truex Jr. You know, they, they both have had solid runs. And I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those two in victory lane. Absolutely. You know, we didn't really see – we had one instance with, you know, a tire going bad and, you know – he limped it. Christopher Bell limped it back to uh, to the the pits. You know, kind of looked like a Cheech and Chong car or something bouncing on hydraulics <laughs> or something. But uh, um, do you think we have a bigger problem this week in Phoenix with the uh, with the tire, Sherwin? Uh no, I don't. I, I I don't think we will. Do you think we're you think we're kind of past that, Brandon, or you think that comes up again somewhere, maybe like Atlanta or something? I think any more, I think your higher banked tracks, we may see that as an issue. Um, you know, the, the only issue that we may see with, with Phoenix, I think is the fact that we may get, you know, three and four wide. Uh, and, and if someone, you know, cuts down too quickly, you know, I, I think that's where we may see an issue to where that may collect some people. Um, I, I could see some carnage happening this weekend, with a few late restarts. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty entertaining race, uh, competitive. Uh, I think we'll, we'll see uh, some decent amount of passing um, up front. Uh, but if this thing has a late restart, I wouldn't be surprised. If, if I wouldn't be surprised we have two or three overtimes this weekend. I could see that for sure. So let's get into making some picks. Sherwin, I hate to admit it, but you're up on me too, oh. and uh you know i went off my lap traffic fantasy uh pick this week so i'm not going to do that this week because i'll (laughs) jinx myself so brandon with you being the guest this week let's hear your your pick for uh phoenix 
Are we doing both or just cup? Just cup. Just cup. All right. I am, uh, you know, I didn't make any picks live, so this will this will be my cup pick uh, for for the fantasy league. Awesome. And you know, I was I've kind of been torn. You know, I had a little bit of a rebound, and uh, then last week I, I dropped back down into like fortieth or something like that. So I was gonna save Martin Truex for uh, a road course, but I think I'm gonna pull the trigger and I'm gonna go with Martin Truex this weekend. Awesome, uh, Sherwin. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Reddick. I think he's going to keep it out of the wall enough to, to finally win one. One of these days, man, I cannot wait for Tyler Reddick to get to victory late. Well, um, I know you've listened to uh, some episodes before there, Brandon. I like to put the, the, the betting odds for your driver, you know, just if, if you were to put some money on it. Uh, if I Truex, were, because I don't bet. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Truex is uh, plus 750 this week. I like and, that. Uh, Sherwin, um, uh, Tyler Reddick is at plus 2,500. That actually might be. I like pretty, that. Good, That's a pretty steal good bet. That might even be worth like a top five bet in the plus probably four or 500 range there, I bet. And, and I said I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to go ahead and take my lap traffic fantasy pick, and I'm going to go chase Elliott this week. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so hopefully I can rebound and get back up there since I'm probably in the in the basement there in lap traffic fantasy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I couldn't be a total shill for, for who I root for this early in the podcast, so people will, will get bored with it. I wanted to pick somebody from Hendrick, and I'm wearing a Ryan Blaney hat. <laughs> I got to go off script here and go with Reddick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, Brett, Brandon, do we uh, do we got to wrap this up, or can I pick your brain for a minute here? Absolutely, pick my brain, buddy. As much time what, as you want. What um, what what is your go to betting app for NASCAR if you're going to do it? Um, I actually have been doing my NASCAR on FanDuel. FanDuel, okay. Um, so I have been a big proponent of. I, I think FanDuel has it because I, I know DraftKings does, and they mirror each other a lot. Uh, do you mess around with the the matchups? head to head bets or the group betting at all? Yes, I do actually. Um, I hit one on the Daytona. I can't remember. I think I think it was Cindric. I did Cindric over um, Blaney or somebody. I can't remember exactly who I did it, and that's crazy because they finished one too. But uh, it was somebody uh, Cindric over somebody, and I it gave me some stupid odds, so I I took it. And just happened to get lucky on it, right? But um, me and Sherwin, we we actually ponied up and and put the hundred dollars down on Keselowski in the Daytona Five Hundred. And you know how close we were to hitting oh, that big one. Oh man! Yes, I was sweating Damn. sitting there oh, watching I this bet. race. <laughs> I bet. I tell you what. So, um, two two quick stories. So I've been I got burned on two Cindric bets, uh, or not Cindric. Um, I did, um, there were two Xfinity head-to-head bets that I'm like, this is a no-brainer. And, oh, one of them uh, was uh, Trevor Bain versus somebody last week. And I'm like, all right, I get Trevor Bain's in JGR equipment, but dude ain't raced in however many years. (laughs) And he almost wins it. (laughs) There ain't no way. And sure as shit, I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll take my medicine on that loss there, fine. Um but what I've been doing is, is with the group betting is I've been p- 
picking two drivers, knowing damn well I'm going to lose one. Right. But as long as you make the same bet with two drivers, as long as one of them hit, you're still going to come out ahead. So you give yourself almost a 50-50 chance with that, which uh, I've hit on a couple of those. Um, but uh, to go back to uh, your Keselowski thing, the last time I bet a, a straight-up two-win uh, driver to win, uh, I was at Firekeepers two years ago for race weekend for MIS, and I did two bets. I did Kevin Harvick to win, which he did, and then I did a parlay of Kevin Harvick to win that race, and I parlayed that with the championship win. I put 50 bucks on that. He won the race, and that was 2020. That was the, the year of COVID when he had nine wins and freaking failed to make the final four. And even <laughs> I'm like, that bet should have been money. I should have gone and freaking tried to cash that in and hedge that bet. And yeah. What was the no, payout no on that? Oh, it was 1500 bucks. Dang. Because he hadn't, he, he really hadn't gone on his tear yet. So, right. Well, Brandon, we do we do a segment every week called "This Week in Rednecking." You got any okay. stories for this week in Rednecking? Can I go last? Because I'm sure I can come up with something. Absolutely, sure. When you got okay. one? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I do. Um, so I was cleaning up uh, around the around the house on the outside, you know, where the chickens kick the scratch all down in the driveway and whatnot, and a hen had laid an egg inside the garage <laughs> and i said well if one of them's laying there's got to be more right there's got to be more so saturday the weather's nice we go kicking around and in, inside all the chicken houses and we find one we find a box that's got 25 eggs in it we're like oh they're all laying right here <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and they've been sat on for who knows how long we don't know how many generations of chickens are in there uh <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's this week in rednecking where I'm at. <laughs> I don't really have a, a story for this week in rednecking this week. Normally it's uh, something cooking for me or hunting related or whatever, but I really don't have, have one for this week. Did, did you come up with one, Brandon? Well, all right. So the fact that you said cooking, that, that sparked something. I don't know how necessarily redneck it'll be, but, um, you know, with the with the baby and, and all that and the weeks leading up and it being, you know, just freaking cold as balls up here in Metro Detroit <laughs> lately. Uh, I haven't fired up the smoker, uh, that much lately. And this past weekend, Sunday, it was 65 up here in Michigan. And then of course, yesterday it snowed, uh, <laughs> true, true, true Midwest weather. And I was able to throw, I put a pork butt on, uh, the smoker, uh, on, on Sunday, which normally I have to set an alarm for, you know, like three, four o'clock in the morning. I got that taken care of with the, with the newborn. He, <laughs> he took care of that wake up call for me. Like I knew he would. And, um, you know, threw that bad boy on there. And, uh, I, I sent a video to Sherwin and Andrew Kansian the day before I made hamburgers and my parents for Christmas this year, got me it this damn thing must weigh 15 pounds it is obnoxious it, it is legit this big and you know i'm doing a, a hand gesture here on the video <laughs> it's a burger press and you literally 
you know, crank this thing down and, and it just makes like the most perfect form patty. And to me, if you can't make your own patty and got to rely on a press, that's, that's pretty redneck. So. <laughs> I love, I love smoking, man. I used to be a, a big into it a lot, you know, throwing the pork butt on the pork shoulder was probably my favorite yeah. ribs and all that, you know, talking a little cooking here. Have you ever tried uh meat church uh, seasoning? Dude. Oh Meat Church God. is out of control. Their their uh, their honey bacon seasoning. Oh my God! I, I am, can't remember what the one I had. It was like voodoo or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh wow. I I would be remiss to say uh, I or I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that I've I've gone to Meat Church and ordered like their whatever it is like twelve pack accessory thing of all their rubs um i've done the same thing with uh the bone sucking sauce um i i would i probably have about 30 rubs just Dang. hanging in the in the in the pantry um there's a place called pepper palace that they've got a great variety of rubs and barbecue sauces uh as well as one of their the collection of rubs that they do are fruit flavored, you know? And when you think about pork and, and some of these, these things uh, like an apple, they've got an apple rub and an apricot rub. And some of those just really complement some meats out there that really add to that. Um, and there's another uh, company, it's called Delicioru. And they do, they've got a lot of bacon flavored rubs. Uh, but their rubs are more, they're, they're more powder than the grainy, mm -hmm. which depending on what you're cooking with those, like that powder consistency really adds and, and complements, you know, some, some different kind of meats as well. And I'll be honest, some of them, like they've got a ranch powder, uh, uh, seasoning, dude, that thing in mashed potatoes with some sour cream and, and butter and a little, oh, Dude, I mean, it just ups the game, you know. Like you got me salivating. Over oh, here. dude! I... <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny uh, to to go full circle with this. We started the podcast with you guys talking about different ones, like race weather. Uh, Aaron Studwell has literally tried to tease it and, and like encourage me to see if he can get Lindsay to bitch at him about me wanting to do a wrestling podcast and a cooking podcast because. If I had the time, I would have two more podcasts, no okay. doubt about if, it. If you ever venture into that into that cooking game, I want to be a guest on. That oh my god, I could talk and cooking I know he all can day do it too. Yeah, yeah, he got to yep. do a lot of that oh, yeah. big green egg. Oh, oh yeah. my god, we if we get a spot, and that's the thing. Like I, I run out of time with stuff to do. Right, like I have had a couple one-off sponsor kind of things, one show, couple week thing, whatever the case may be. Like I really feel like a, whether it's a smoker, pit boss, Traeg or whatever, or the right seasoning cup, like how can you not incorporate that into a NASCAR podcast with tailgate? Like that's, that's an, that's an audience grabber right there. That's a marketing thing that's just being missed. And I just don't have the time to go out there and do that. But man, that would be so much fun to incorporate that like NASCAR tailgating. You could mix in football, like, it's it, there's just so much from an opportunity perspective there. Absolutely, you know, talking about that Keselowski bet, you know, we we kind of told each other, hey, if we hit this, we're using the money that we hit on this to meet up, 
you know, at a track on a weekend, you know, rent a camper or whatever, get the Traegers and everything out and, and all that good stuff. And speaking of that, what's your, your race plans for 2022? What are you getting to? So, I mean, obviously Michigan, uh, Lindsay is, is well aware that I haven't been to any new racetracks. Uh, I got plenty of time. Um, you know, am I going to get to the six that I got to before COVID? Probably not. Um, but I definitely want to get to Martinsville this year in October, which should be a possibility. Um, you know, there, there's a couple tracks that, uh, I'm, I'm open to, to trying to make something work. Uh, right now it's kind of hard, like, you know, uh, oh, I'm going to go to races. But then it's like, shit, I, I leave and go to the store and I'm like, oh my God, I left my newborn for an hour. I'm the worst father in the world, you know? So it's a matter of getting over that hump there, which I know will come with time. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I am, I'm open, uh, to making something work. Even if it's coming down to Indy, man, you know, that, that drive, I did that drive in, in a, uh, 24 hour period. So I could stretch that out over a weekend. Um, you know, I, I obviously want to add some new tracks, but it, you know, whatever the case is, I just need to get back out there and, and, and get to the races. Absolutely. You know, you know, um, for my birthday every year, it's kind of like, that's the question that gets asked since my birthday hits in the summer months, you know, uh, she said, what race do you want to go to for your birthday? And I got to thinking about it. I tossed not Nashville around a little bit. It's not that far. I mean, I say not that far. It's like a five hour drive or whatever. And uh, I, I wanted to go to Road America, you know, in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. So we started looking it up, and that was back in um, February or whatever, a few weeks back. And it's basically sold out already. Wow. At, at, you know, for being a July 4th weekend race in Wisconsin, uh, these people aren't messing around. They already got, I mean, all the campings <laughs> booked up. I mean, I, I don't even know how to get ahead of something like that. Well, you know, for, for the last few years, we've not had to worry about that. Right. Right. And it's great for the sport that that's now an issue. You know, I, I, you know, not to, I I hope these uh, rising gas prices don't deter people away from making, you know, four hour trips or, you know, booking plane flights and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, from a, a planning perspective, but uh, man, it, what a great thing to see a sold out Daytona a packed Fontana, like we're talking auto club speedway sold some tickets. Like how awesome is that? Vegas had a great turnout. Um, you know, I expect, uh, this weekend at Phoenix to have a great crowd. Like what a kudos to the fan base, uh, for getting back to the racetrack at the West coast swing, which is where NASCAR wants to improve upon their fan base. I can only imagine what's going to happen as long as the quality of racing is what we've gotten. Uh, you know, once we get back to, you know, the South and, and the Carolinas, you know, and all that, like just, it, it's so awesome for the sport to see that, that, that comeback there. Absolutely. You know, I appreciate you coming on with us to be our first guest ever. It, it couldn't I'm have honored. been anybody else. It could have been you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it means the world to me. It, it truly does. Uh, it was fun. I, you know, I mean, we, we barely scratched the surface, so I, I know right. I'll be back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're, you're, you're welcome back anytime, buddy. But, uh, uh, tell everybody where they can find you at on social media. Uh, follow on, uh, Twitter, uh, all the social media handles are basically at lat traffic PC. And, uh, I can't wait for next week. Grand and finger. We're going to talk some trucks, have some fun. And, uh, 
you know, you got the usual lucky dog picks and some lap traffic fantasy and the, the weather segment, which has just become its its own show and variety segment on the show, which is awesome. I need, I need to call back in on that, on the hotline. <laughs> oh, that that's been retired, dude. Oh that's man. Been retired. That's been retired. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just the tweets now on that. Yeah. Gosh, well, sure. Yeah. I it it just became that. too much. It became too much. Yeah. Oh, Kansian, he, he liked to be the star of the show on that. Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> well, uh, tell everybody where they can find us at on social media. Sherwin. Yeah, you can find us at BTDO Podcast uh, on Twitter, uh, blowing the doors off on Instagram. You can find me uh, at Pregame Engineer and at Andrew L. Sherwin on Instagram. And tell everybody about the little giveaway we got going on. Oh, that's right. That's right. I teased the giveaway and then I showed what it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we got a Ross Chastain hat, uh, number 42 oh, nice. Clover uh, signed hat that uh, we're going to give away when we get to some combination or uh, dead heat tie for 250 followers or 250 downloads, some, some, something in that area we'll, we'll be looking for people who are actually subscribing and paying attention to what we're doing and that sort of thing too. Absolutely. You can find me personally at, on Twitter at uh, B Wayne 85 89. And, you know, I appreciate if you're still listening and, you know, get in there and give us a, uh, a rate and a review. And uh, we'll be back again uh, next week to talk a little Atlanta. Thanks everybody. Hotlanta. <laughs> See ya.